0: Welcome back to another amazing segment on GEMS Podcast. With me is a special guest by the name of Tiffany Roman. And let me tell you a little bit about Tiffany before we dive into our topic. Tiffany Roman, she was born in Bethlehem, PA. She is... She is now currently located in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. She is an 18-year Army veteran, so happy Memorial Day to her. Um, She is a mom of two boys and the owner and host of Small Biz Highlight, a podcast slash digital TV show dedicated to introducing the people behind a small business, their products and services, and discussing the effects of COVID shutdowns had on them. The show debuted in April 2020 during the shutdowns and has grown centered around the mission of encouraging all to put their communities first by shopping small, bis- shopping small and supporting local businesses. We do our part by offering free interviews and hosting our annual virtual live vendor event during the bus- the busiest shopping weekend of the year. And now even through the community, they are building in their own mobile app. So without further ado, please welcome Tiffany Roman. Hello, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, Tiffany. And once again, happy Memorial Day to you. And thank you so much for your service. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for your support. (laughs) And before we dive into our topic, where we're going to be focusing on postpartum depression, as well as the work that you're doing within the small business space, I definitely want to give the audience a chance to get to know you in a fun and personal way. I like to do that by one or two ways. Are you familiar with those or should I explain Ooh, explain please, I'd love to learn more. So I normally do either an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game here before we dive into the main parts of the conversation. So what are you in the mood for? Ooh, let's try the rapid fire. I've never done one of
1: those. So let's try it out, see how I do.
0: Okie dokie, we're playing rapid fire with Tiffany and Genesis. Question number one, if you could hop in a time machine and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Oh, God, this is supposed to be rapid fire too. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Love yourself more. Question two, out of all the different military branches, what made you select army? uh big brother they were
1: the first ones to be established my dad was in the military and saw what good it did for him so I wanted to see how how much good it could do for me
0: question three favorite color pink (laughs) question four coffee tea or neither I'm actually a neither.
1: I do not drink either. I I'm very different than most military people because I don't
0: drink the coffee and
1: I'm not a big tea person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what is your drink of choice then?
1: Uh, I'm really just into water, but my go to my kryptonite is Pepsi. I will admit it here on your
0: show. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Five. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, I think I would want
1: to, uh, okay, let's see. I think I would want to fly. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I would want to be able to fly. One, because I have a fear fear of heights, so it would be an easy way to conquer that fear. (laughs) And then two, uh, because I just think it would be fun. Yeah, I'm a big Superman fan, so I'm
0: kind of jealous of that superhero power six, if you could have lunch or dinner with any person past or present, who would it be?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So
0: mm.
1: Ooh, I'm sucking at this rapid fire thing. Okay. So there are a ton of people I would love to sit down and talk with and whatnot. Um, I think that Because I would, I had such an influence with my grandmother growing up. I think I would want to sit down with Elvis Presley. I know that's gonna be awkward because I'm a business owner and people are like, why? But I grew up watching Betty Boop cartoons and Elvis movies my entire life. And it's just, I don't know, I think it would be one of those moments where, like, yeah, I'm gonna go sit down with him and let's just drag my grandmother along and give her the time of her life kind of deal. (laughs)
0: and I think we're on seven right seven I think so yeah okay so seven favorite food (gasps) pizza I
1: can't pizza I (laughs) I feel like I'm doing something right with my children when they are just as much in love with pizza as I am absolutely
0: hey if you could recreate any significant moment in your life what would it be
1: I think the significant moment I would like to recreate is, um, the day I graduated basic training, I think, Uh, you know, having my children was a very significant moment in my life, of course, obviously, but, um, graduating basic training was the first time I did something for myself outside of the norm of what my family was expecting for me to do and I did it <laughs> like, you know I don't know how to I accomplished it I survived like that was my moment where I realized I can actually do anything I put my mind to that was probably the first time I had that feeling so yes
0: nine being a boy mom when you found out you were having boys what were you looking forward to <laughs> just the fact that they were boys. (laughs) No, I'm not going to lie. I was terrified to have daughters
1: um, from an early age. I initially wasn't even supposed to be able to have kids due to medical issues. And it just so happened that (laughs) their dad was able to make it happen for me. So shout out to you, honey. Love you. Um, But yeah, I think just the fact that they were boys, the fact that because I'm a tomboy, I would feel more um, easy to connect with them be able to play with them a little bit more because I'm okay with being rough and the video games and all that jazz I just thought it was going to be so much fun and it really is there are and of course the cuddling the extra
0: love can't get enough of that <laughs> super cool and 10 this is our pass or play question and here are the rules If you pass, our roles are reversed, Tiffany, so you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Let's go for it. All right, let's play. Okie dokie, we're playing, y'all. So here's a question. You just hit the lottery, cha-ching, cha-ching, and they're like, okay, Tiffany, here's your money. However, we can't give you all of it because we need you to donate to three charities of your choice first. So what charities are you contributing to? Oh, gosh. Okay.
1: So <laughs> I know, uh, I don't know the proper names. That's what's going to kill me here. Okay. So there's one uh, that per- helps with housing for, uh, I believe it's Wounded Warrior. Pro- no, it's not Wounded Warrior Project. Blech. I can't remember the name, of it. okay, so there's one that helps provide housing for family members for soldiers um, of any, uh, or, you know, service members of any branch that are at the hospital injured and can't, you know, they live far away from home, kind of a deal at that point. Um, It gives housing for free to those family members so that they can stay close to their loved ones while they're healing and progressing and whatnot, and I think that's a really great charity. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it. I'm horrible. Okay, so Wounded Warrior Project, for sure, um, is definitely another one I would like to support with that money. And then the last one would be um, a project that I'm actually working on, the Birthday in a Box fundraiser. So I helped my mom with her version of it for her business, and she kind of, like, allowed me to pass it on to... Uh, my area here but basically it's building boxes and um, supplying them with everything somebody would need for a birthday party so cake mix the pans to cook them in streamers balloons plates cups all that jazz in one box and going to the food banks and you know as people are going through the lines if you ask them you know do you have a birthday to celebrate this month and they say yes then they get
0: a box I love that your mom shared that idea with you and now you're doing it. I think that's really cool. So thank you for playing rapid fire, Tiffany. Now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the segment, which is postpartum depression. It's something that you are currently dealing with even after giving birth to your sons. But one thing that helps you balance it is your business. So I want you to explain to the audience exactly in your terms, what is postpartum depression? And was it something that you struggled with while you're pregnant? Because I know some people say, oh, you can't really have postpartum when you're pregnant, but you can have a form of depression and anxiety when you're pregnant. And then after you deliver the baby, it turns into that postpartum depression. So walk us through your journey so we could connect the dots.
1: Yes, I've heard so many different stories of how it's manifested in different ways for different people. You know, um, for me personally, I had my first son and maybe had uh, symptoms of it after having my first son, but I don't think there was time for me to recognize it because, the, because then not too long after that, I was pregnant with my second one. They were pretty much back to back. And I think what exacerbated it for me was my first one was a very easy pregnancy. I am forever grateful for that. It was pretty much textbook. I was due the sixth. He was born the seventh. I think I pushed three times and he popped right out. Yes, yes. Let me tell you, it was it was amazing. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully. Um. So I have no horror stories for my first, but my second one is a different story. So. I was already feeling a little detached from family. I was living in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at the time where most of my family lived, but hardly ever saw anyone. Um, And, you know, I was starting to feel kind of lonely and detached from the family, like we weren't connecting anymore, Um, you know, and it may have had to do with the fact that I was gone with the military for like 15 years before coming home. So that could probably have something to do with
0: it. Uh, But... (laughs) I want to ask yes. a question really quick there. So you said you were gone for 15 years before coming home. Did you not get leave or what, what led you I to not I did get come leave,
1: home? but it's totally different to come back for leave and then go back to military full time and, uh, and then in turn just actually living back at home where you're 24-7 back at home. It's a te- oh, definitely okay. a different experience okay Uh, so yeah that's what I meant like physically my location my address was physically in Bethlehem again it had been a very long time since
0: that happened okay perfect I just wanted to make sure I was connecting the dots there Tiffany
1: yeah yeah so yeah it's not like I never came home for holidays or birthday parties or whatnot it's just like there was always a time where I was here I was here long enough for them to miss me and then I was gone (laughs) you know what I mean And then there was always that detachment where, you know, they were saying they missed me, come back home. And then I would come back home and then it was like, they um, didn't have time for me because they were living their own lives. I was living my own life. You know, it's hard sometimes. Not all families are like that. Mine, mine just happened to be like that because, you know, uh, age difference wise, I guess I was the oldest granddaughter. So a lot of the other granddaughters were a little younger than me and still in school or what have you. Um, And then my older cousins were males that already with their wives and kids, (laughs) you know, so it it was just very, um, you know, a a learning experience to come home and learn what adulting was actually like versus adulting in the military, which is completely different, (laughs) completely different. You're spoiled like all heck in the military when you're active duty uh, never having to worry about bills per se because you live in the barracks you don't have to worry about medical bills because you go to the military doctors and whatnot I remember when I first came home and went to the doctor for the first time the lady at the desk asked me for a copay and I looked at her like she had three eyes what the heck is a copay what is that I've never had to pay one of those before what are you talking about so it's little things like that, that, you know, as you start reacclimating into civilian life versus military life, you kind of, it's a culture shock, if you will, because it is two very different cultures in life. So that's what I meant by all of that.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. So thank you for sharing that. So then the first pregnancy was easy. It's like a cakewalk. Yes. The second pregnancy was little awesome. harder the harder pregnancy. So walk us through that pregnancy, because I'm sure that is definitely where your eyes opened up and you and maybe those internal alert systems, like alert, alert, something is not right. So take yeah. us through that because sometimes people think, oh, if you've been pregnant once, then, you know, the second time is easier or whatnot, but it's not always the case for, oh. you know, different women. And I think everyone's body reacts differently I'm just now on my first so right now it's easy and whenever you said three pushes I was like telling my husband the other day I want to have like two pushes or maybe even one in then bam but <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm living proof that it's possible I don't know what I did to make that possible or what you know stars were aligned or what not to make it happen but it happened for me the first time around second time around was a little more rough I stopped working about two weeks before I was due. Um, I remember I was at home, not feeling too good for most of the pregnancy. I was just sick. It was either I was nauseous or the usual stuff, but then on top of it, I just felt just awful. My thyroid was out of whack, and no matter how much medicine they gave me, they could not regulate it. It was just madness. My body was, like, in overdrive and everything, and weeks before I was due, I stood up feeling like I had to go to the bathroom and all of a sudden blood was gushing out. (sighs) So I had to call an ambulance, take me to the hospital. Um, and they could not figure out why I was bleeding. There was no immediate reasoning behind it as far as what they could see with what they had to, you know, work with at the moment. Uh, so initially they were going to induce me which was, would have been fine had my son be facing the right way. <laughs> he was breached. So unfortunately, because of the bleeding, they didn't and they didn't know the source of it, they didn't want to take the chance to turn him around while he was in, still inside me. So then I went from being breached and inducing to um, being transported into a surgery room for an emergency C-section. And I've been in the Army for 18 years. And I have been through a lot in my life uh, that could scare some people. But I can tell you I have never been more afraid in my life than that day in the the room waiting for the doctors to, you know, prepare me for surgery. Um, I was by myself because they were prepping my boyfriend with the scrubs and all that to come in. So I was in the room waiting for him. They wouldn't let him in until they were immediately ready to start the surgery. Uh, so I I don't know how, but I was able to stay calm and whatnot. It was It was crazy being awake, feeling them, you know, uh, you could saw, you could kind of feel this dull touch where you feel them touching around you, and they're slicing you open and whatnot. And then you feel them rummaging around inside of you to pull this baby out, <laughs> like to the point where you get nauseous because you don't know, you don't know exactly what they're touching, because it's not like you can actually feel uh their, their the gloves on you or anything, but you it's like a dull sensation that you can tell something is in there and whatnot. Um and then finally they brought the baby, put them on my chest. Um, and then they were able to determine that it was my placenta that abrupted. I was bleeding the placenta so uh it was a good thing that they did the surgery who knows what would have happened if you know they didn't force it or if they tried to turn him over while he was still inside me they could have broken the placenta more anyway I it was the scariest moment of my life and I think what made it worse was um my cousin was actually celebrating her sweet 15 that night her quinceañera. Um, and the family was all involved with the party and whatnot. Meanwhile, I was having surgery <laughs> and, uh, nobody really came to visit me at the hospital too much. Uh, my mom and my de- my stepdad came, um, and then mostly I got visits while I was at home. But the, the, that's where I started feeling more alone just because of that instance where like I was in the hospital and. Uh, It was just me and my boyfriend pretty much the majority of the time. I had to ask a neighbor to come pick me up from the hospital because I had nobody to bring me home at that point. Uh, And granted, my neighbor was like a childhood friend of mine. Like I've known him since I was his paper girl at 12 years old. So it's not like I just met him. (laughs) But, you know, it just felt so weird not having you know, having so much family around me, but nobody to call. So then at that point, I wasn't sure if it was just me making that kind of stuff up in my head or if it was actually happening. I couldn't tell the difference between the two. Wow. Then it got to the point where I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do anything. My body was all out of whack because of the thyroid and the um, surgery and all that jazz that, I literally, for probably the first few months of his life, just sat in a recliner with him on top of me. And the moment he fell asleep, I'd pass out, like sometimes to the point where I don't even remember when I passed out. Like it was like my body shut down on its own. Um, and I that's pretty much how I functioned for a little while. And then I got an offer for a full time job, which normal people would be happy about you know normal people would be like yes this is awesome i'm crying while they're telling me what my start date is and trying to pass off that i sound happy in the process and then immediately hanging up the phone declaring that i'm a horrible mom because i'm going to back to work so soon you know and then it was dropping him off at my grandmother's house knowing he was going to be with my grandmother but even in that moment of dropping him off, I would start crying and would not stop crying until I got to the office. And I just, it was horrible because I was never an emotional person per se. I I would never would sit there and just cry over anything. (laughs) It wasn't until I got pregnant that I, that I, um, you know, learned about the whole crying over those silly commercials for no reason. Like all of a sudden you see a puppy on a commercial and you're crying your eyes out. Like, it's real people. It happens for real. <laughs> now it's not to say that that's postpartum depression, but when it got to the point where I couldn't function at work, I was having trouble remembering things. I was having trouble having motivation to do anything. I didn't want to be around people. Um, I just wanted to take care of my kids and pass out. The house was a disaster. It just, it didn't feel right. Eventually it just, bothered me. I got frustrated with myself. Like, what is this? What am I doing? This is not me. What is going on? So that's when I finally broke down and went to the doctor and told them everything that was going on. And that's when he told me that it was postpartum depression.
0: Wow. And thank you for just taking your time to really explain the story. There were some cries in there. There were some laughs and etc. And I think the part of you crying is not a sign of, you know, weakness. It's a sign that you're human and it's a strength because it's going through that release, identifying this is what happened to me. This is how I feel. It wasn't easy, or etc. Because sometimes women feel like they're holding it all together, and you internalize it versus like releasing it and externalizing it. Whether you're in your home or you're in your safe place, or if you're in a, um, a therapy session, or etc. And then before you know it, you're carrying the weight on your shoulders, and that's not conducive for you being a mother. Or you helping care for your family because they're not getting all of you, they're getting a piece of you. So, as you were going through that, how supportive was your boyfriend throughout the process? And did he let let you know, okay, I'm here because not only did you just have that newborn baby, but you also had your other son. So you yes. had two things that you were juggling. So how, how was that? And then before we, before you explain, I'm just going to put some context in for the audience. to so really read the definition of postpartum depression in case anyone's wondering. So it's depression that occurs after childbirth. Those who develop postpartum depression are at a greater risk of developing major depression later on in life. Symptoms might include insomnia, where you can't sleep, loss of appetite, intense irritability, and difficulty bonding with the baby. Untreated, the condition may last months, months or longer, and treatment can include counseling, antidepressants, or hormone therapy. And now with, you know, everyone being on a natural kick, there's a lot of holistic modalities and remedies. But if you feel like that is you, there is a national helpline too that people could dial and you could speak to someone that is, you know, trained in that field, or, you know, or just ask someone, maybe your OBGYN, if they have any referrals or, someone that's within that space because a lot of times, especially if you are a working mom and you may be on leave, there's EHAP. So the employee the employee health assessment program where they will pay for you to have certain treatments and stuff that's not necessarily coming out of pocket. Or you could call the number on the back of your insurance card and they could give you a referral. So I always wanted to just interject that. And now Mm -hmm. um Tiffany, I want you to share what was your support system like with your boyfriend and now, now, not just juggling your newborn, but juggling your um, other son plus the newborn and just going through the emotions and the things that you were dealing with.
1: Uh, My boyfriend and even my uh, son, my oldest son were were amazing, uh, an amazing support system. So even my oldest son, he was just learning how to walk. And responding to certain uh, things uh, that I would want him to do, throw something in the garbage, what have you, Um, he had this immediate connection with his younger brother that the moment the baby started crying in the bassinet, he would run straight to the bassinet to shake the baby, uh, to shake the bassinet. So that he would try to put the baby to sleep for me and whatnot. It didn't always work. <laughs> he was a little rough with it. But his intentions were so amazing. The fact that that was his initial reaction at hearing his baby brother cry. Um, anytime I changed the diaper, he would grab the diaper and throw it in the garbage for me. Um, and even bottles. He would have. He would go to the, to the kitchen to grab me bottles, bring it to me. Especially when I was recovering from the surgery. Um, it wasn't horrible recovering from it, but it was just very uncomfortable the stitches and whatnot, not wanting to get up too fast because then you wouldn't want to accidentally reopen the stitches, all that jazz. Um but thankfully my doctors did a really great job stitching me back up together and (laughs) I can't complain. Not a horrible um aftermath of that area for sure. Um and my boyfriend, uh it just so happened that you know he got Uh, laid off at that time Um, right after like right around the time that I was about to give birth he'd gotten the news that he was laid off from his temporary job at that moment. Now I know some people might freak out at that notion I mean I was because where were we going to pay for bills how were we going to pay for bills but at the same token um, you know my family was helping out bills wise because they knew the situation but then also my boyfriend was home so I didn't have to, you know, worry about fending for myself with the both with both of the kids, um, you know, for however long he was at work for the majority of the time during my 30 days of healing from the surgery. He was home with me. So, you know, anytime the oldest cried or needed something, he'd take care of the oldest so that I had the youngest. He would put the kids to sleep for me um, if I passed out, if I passed out because I was tired or if i started crying for whatever reason and when i tell you when i started when i started crying it was like an a weird like random moment i would be talking normal with you like i am right now and then all of a sudden just start bawling my eyes out like you just broke my heart and it would just be out of nowhere it just felt like i had no control over anything to do with myself and it was so crazy but yes my support system was amazing Um, family members did their best to support. I feel like at times they didn't fully understand what I was going through because of the stigma behind, you know, mental health and um, even postpartum depression. My army unit at the time, even there were a few of those that understood and there were a few that were not the most understanding about the situation um, and made it a lot harder to heal from it. But, you know, I'm very thankful that now I'm Even now that I feel like I'm still recovering and healing uh, that, you know, I'm surrounded by a military unit that understands and is, and is understanding of the situation. Um, And, you know, I've had the opportunity to educate my family a lot more on what exactly what was going on with me versus, you know, what they were interpreting was wrong with me. You know, I promise guys, I was not being vicious to you on purpose, kind of a thing. (laughs) Um... And, you know, my boyfriend and the kids are still very supportive. If I have a moment of where I just want to cry, both my boys will cuddle with me and the boyfriend will hug and they'll let me just cry it out. And I'm very grateful for those moments.
0: Mm -hmm. And thank you for, for sharing that, Tiffany. And now just knowing what you know now about postpartum depression and just going through therapy and just educating those around you as well as externally by just coming on to podcasts like mine and sharing your experience. What would you like to say for anyone out there that may be on the borderline of postpartum depression or really in the thick of it? What type of tools and resources can you give for them?
1: I think the first thing I would want to tell them is trust yourself. You know who you are. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. You know how you originally re- respond to things. You know how you are. The moment you feel out of place, don't ignore it. The longer you ignore it, the more chance it has to grow into a much bigger problem. The first moment you feel that you can say, wait, this is not me, go talk to somebody about it. Whether it's a family member in the house, your husband, your boyfriend, what have you, or another family member before you get to the point where you talk to a doctor. But yes, please, we women have that gut feeling that we're always told never to ignore and there's a reason for that because our gut feelings are pretty much on point, and, you know, in, in that situation, it's, it's not just you that's affected. Everyone around you is affected by what's going on with you. And, you know, if you don't have the support system in place and all of that, or if you're not getting the help and not understanding what's going on with you, then it could be so dangerous to just everything that you've established so far and just your life the way you know it. So never be afraid of listening to yourself and getting the help that you need. Um, I know as a military member, I'm very um, blessed to have access to Military OneSource. So Military OneSource is an awesome website that offers help for military service members and their um, you know, uh, family members and whatnot for anything that ails them pretty much. So if you need counseling of some sort, you can actually petition to them and they will find a counselor to set you up with counseling sessions um, and help you get that support right away. Uh, And they have amazing other um, uh, offerings that they give and, um, you know, awesome tools. That's my, that has been my go-to beyond just going to my doctor military one source has been my huge big tool that I've used
0: (laughs) amazing and Tiffany for anyone that is interested in connecting with you further to learn about your business small biz as well as um, follow you on social media please plug your website and share your social media handles
1: Yes, so it's really easy to find me. So, Small Biz Highlight is my social media handle, no matter where you're searching for me. So, Small Biz Highlight, H I G H L I G H T. Um, my website is www.smallbizhighlight.com. Um, and if you have, if you are aware of Popple, which is a digital business card, popple.me M-E, slash Small Biz Highlight will give you. Every, every which way to get in contact with me and so much more in one location.
0: Amazing. And Tiffany, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insight with the community today. All of your contact information will be in the show notes. Audience, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And you could also see... The video to this recording by going on over to our YouTube channel and typing in at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp to see all things the video. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for continuing to support the guests that I bring on, as well as the mission to have topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also factor in diversity, equity inclusion, and belonging, because whether you realize it or not, it definitely does take all of us coming together to make an imprint to drive an impact for for each one of us to be world changers. And if you're interested in becoming a brand sponsor, we are looking for you. Spaces are limited, but you can find more info by going to genesisamarscamp.net clicking that podcast tab or sending me an email at genesislamarskent at gmail.com until next time peace love and lots of blessings have yourself an amazing day thank you for listening to another segment of gems podcast hope you enjoyed this recording make sure you like comment share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.